God, dude, I really I had a jingle that I was gonna say for this if they didn't come out with the impeachment stuff today. I was like, Uncle Joe and the Orange Man sitting in a tree. U K R A I N E. <laughs> Come on, that's good. That's really good. That's, that's pretty cute. Thank that's you. A, that's a good way to start. I thought that would be a pretty good one. But all this impeachment stuff came out, so I had to. That's right. Big change. big news to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Drawing the Line, featuring Parker and Nate. Uh, today we're talking about the war drums of impeachment, six-year-olds, and our generation thinking that we're all gonna die. Yeah, we're all gonna die. All so, right. Great. I don't even know why we're here. Great, I, super happy, positive things to talk I about. I don't today. even know why why I'm doing this if the world's gonna end in like two to three years. So some updates and some more news on what's come out today. And yes, I'll get to all the calls for impeachment because that came out today. Nancy Pelosi got up and and basically called it an impeachment inquiry will be going on. We'll talk about what that exactly is. So a whistleblower had came out last week and said that or made the claim that Trump might have said something questionable, alarmingly questionable, I think is a better way of putting it, to another foreign leader. So that's prompted Democrats to call well, essentially call cover-up because they haven't been able to see what the whistleblower has said. Turns out this week they might be able to see mm-hmm. what the whistleblower exactly said. The whistleblower is actually more of a secondary source. Was turns out the whistleblower wasn't actually in the room, which is interesting. And it might not be a whistleblower because it turns out that to be a whistleblower is – so if you're a whistleblower in the intelligence community, you're working for the intelligence community and re- claiming something about the intelligence community. Not you're in the intelligence community and you see something the president's doing and you're mad about that. That's just, I guess, you being angry. That's yeah, not really. I mean, it's semantics, right? Yeah. So, but it's. I think it's kind of interesting because it goes into kind of some protection laws, which, which it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting little viewpoint. And if this person can actually be be considered a whistleblower, so this all comes out, and so the main the main headline runs that Trump was talking to the Ukrainian president and may have bribed the Ukrainian president with about $250 million in aid so that he could, or the Ukrainians would go and investigate Joe Biden. And why they wanted to investigate Joe Biden? Well, it turns out that Hunter Biden, the less competent of the two, of Biden's two sons, uh, Biden's older son actually died of brain cancer. Which was which was unfortunate because he was he was quite a, a smart kid, uh, Hunter Biden not so much. He's been divorced, had an affair with his dead brother's widow, has been caught dealing or buying cocaine, held a drug held held at gunpoint. Wow! Rented a rental car, like drove across country before the cops. Such a very wholesome him. track record. Yeah, it's essentially it. And each one, the narrative is he's Joe Biden's son, so he hasn't actually been prosecuted for any of this kind of stuff they just kind of wave it off yeah which is, it's what influence gets you man. it's just what it gets you so somehow this child so he goes he goes to yale because of course and somehow this child ends up on the board of a ukrainian oligarchical energy company how this kid ended up there getting paid allegedly getting paid fifty thousand dollars a month because apparently, you know, he is an expert on Eastern European energy transportation. Hey, man. You well, don't, whatever. You, you don't know what crazy stuff they teach you at Yale. I, maybe that's a major. That maybe might be is. a major. Maybe it is. Eastern European en- energy grids. <laughs> energy. I, I, I don't know. So he finds himself on the, the board. The board. Yeah. Not, not entry level at all, kids. No. Not even higher up in the company. The he, board. He skipped, he skipped all the steps. He skipped every step there was. So that's super suspicious. And so then Joe Biden comes out and basically claims that he never talked to his son about his dealings in the Ukraine, which is false because actually in the past he said he did talk about his dealings, his son's dealing in the Ukraine. So super suspicious. Joe Biden then under the Obama administration, this is all I'm summarizing, trying to summarize as best as I can. Joe Biden, under the Obama administration, is talking to the Ukraine again. And 
there's about a about a billion dollars in federal grant money, loan grant, something like that, on the line. And Joe Biden wants to first, before he gives the Ukraine this money, he wants to get rid of a prosecutor, a lead prosecutor who's corrupt. And there's no doubt that this prosecutor is corrupt, right? But the question is, why why exactly now does Joe Biden care? Because there are corrupt prosecutors all over the world. So it seems it seems strange. I'm not trying to draw yeah, any correlation. I, like I'm not it seems fishy, right? Sure, Even with sure. this whole Trump thing, both both sides seem fishy and I think both sides have the right to seem suspicious about the other. The Republicans have every right to feel suspicious about Joe Biden and his dealings and the Democrats have every right to feel suspicious about Trump talking to Fair. the Ukrainian president yeah. about but about, about looking into Joe Biden's affairs. And it turns out this was confirmed by Rudy Giuliani and President and probably President Trump here pretty soon when he releases this phone call. That will be confirmed that he did talk to the Ukrainian president about Joe Biden. Now, where it becomes criminal is that's not you don't have to do that. You can do that, essentially. You can you can ask other foreign leaders to look into your it's, political it's, a little, it's, it's bad. Little, it's still a little shady. It's right? bad. Right. Yeah. It's when you involve bribery. Then yeah. it's a crime. Yeah. You can't bribe with doing something sketchy dollars. and doing something criminal are very big differences. Oh yes. Doing something bad and doing something that's criminal are you're right, is is obviously is obviously um, is obviously two different things. So Trump has come out and he's going to release his call. And his call actually aired a week before he gave the okay to give this money, essentially. So okay. that can be read a couple of two, a couple of ways. One of which being the giving Trump the benefit of the doubt that he had this had this phone call, and then because the Ukrainian president basically didn't really give in, and well, actually has made no inclination or motivation to actually investigate Joe Biden. That he then releases the money because whatever, because other, I don't know, people in his administration just were like, all right, Donald, you, you need have to, to actually do give right? them the yeah. money now. You can't keep holding it. Yeah, and the bad way of interpreting it is, Donald Trump makes his, makes his phone call, waits a little bit, and releases the money because he got caught, or because his whistleblower complaint comes out. That's yeah. that's the that's well, two ways you could go, right? And right. you said, and you said he's going to be releasing this phone call at the end of the week, right? Right. And Trump makes a claim that there's other reasons why he decided to freeze the funds, essentially. Yeah. And so he claims, according to the New York Times earlier on Tuesday, Mr. Trump said he had held up American military aid to Ukraine this summer because European countries have not paid their fair share to help defend former Soviet Republic from Russian aggression, and pointed to the money's eventual release this month as evidence that he had done nothing wrong. A day before Mr. Trump cited Ukraine's notoriously corrupt government as the reason for the delay. And this falls, this isn't out of the realm of possibilities. This yeah. falls in line with everything that Trump has been saying even during the 2016 election. He was, he beat the drum for let's have the Europeans pay their fair share. Yeah, no, and you're, you're right. Like, this definitely, this fits the bill, right? And, I mean... I call it an excuse or not, but I mean, it's definitely a valid reason why he would act this way, be it related to Joe Biden or not. Now, the problem is, is that on this exact same phone call in the exact same situation, he's bringing up Joe Biden. Right. And this is where I believe the phone call is going to make a world of a difference. Right. And I think what's really interesting is I wouldn't look for any smoking gun in the phone call because the fact that Trump is even going to release the phone call you know how many people in the Trump administration have listened to this phone oh, call yeah, and gone sure. through probably hours of debate of whether or not to release it and come to a conclusion that it's, it's fine safe, to be released. Right? And I believe they're releasing it because Trump wants to put the ball in Biden's court. And oh, say, yeah. No, he's, he's basically just putting his, his – Putting it out there. Putting he's, it out there. Whipping it out. Yeah, and he's just like, hey, take a look at this. This is the phone call conversation. This is what I said, right? Right. I mentioned you, but that was it. But see, that's the problem is this phone call can be dangerous because people that want to interpret this phone call in a certain way will try to find a way to skew 
like find the smoking gun and yeah. skew the phone call into sounding like, oh, you know, it's him asking about Biden and him holding the aid and him talking to the president of Ukraine. It's all connected, right? right. And so he tweets out, you will see it is very friendly and totally appropriate call. No pressure. And unlike Joe Biden and his son, no quid pro quo, quid pro quo, which is basically saying, I'll give you something so that you give me something. Um, and that would be in this case, if we're reading it the worst way, Trump says, I'll withhold money and you'll give me information on or, Joe Biden. Yeah, I won't give you the money until right. you give me information on him. Right? And it doesn't seem, at the moment, barring, just looking at the evidence, what we have right now, Trump may have said, even if the worst, worst interpretation possible, Trump said, I'll withhold the money, you give me information on Joe Biden. The Ukrainian president has said, didn't say yes, hasn't given him any information, has made no inclination that there was ever and any quo essentially in the prid quo quo that there was any quo involved so he hasn't really gotten sure. anything but I, I still think the the attempt at bribery should still be considered it's bribery, bad right? it's bad not a crime it's bad okay not a crime. so i didn't realize that so it's not a crime unless there's the bribery be, actually goes through it, yeah there has to be another there has to be another end there has to be it's kind of like a two-way the two-way street almost okay. i think I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm walking out that argument currently in my head. If he tried, yeah, I'd have to think about that. If he tried to cuz I'd have to look at the law too cuz sometimes I'm 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 more more on the side to agree with you if he said, "Okay, you give me Joe Biden stuff and I'll give you money." And the Ukrainian president said, "No." Is that bribery? I I, st- I still think it's considered bribery. Cuz I understand that bribery to be completed is a two-way street. But it has to be proposed by somebody. I think that's true, right? Because you can, because you can bribe a federal agent, and the federal agent always says no, essentially. But that's still a felony. And yeah, you can still get arrested. You can still right? get arrested for that. So I would say that's that's true. So Trump would have to explicitly say, or use the two hundred fifty million dollars, would have to dangle that over the president's head, and not just be like, hey. You want to give me some information on Sleepy Joe? And he'd be like, no, not really. And Trump would be like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, see, it'll be interesting. To, it'll, I don't even know if the – I doubt the call will be released to the public. But it'll be interesting to see um, how that phone call actually plays out. Because if this like Joe Biden thing was like an afterthought, like at the very end of the phone call, oh, hey, by the way, while I have you on the line, yeah. then, you know, would you be able to say that he – you know, had the intention of holding the money over. And I think it's, I think it's also a little foolish to claim that Joe Biden or Trump was thinking about the Ukraine and Joe Biden for a long time. I don't think that's true. I think Rudy Giuliani and other members of the Trump team that are involved in the Trump campaign have been thinking it for a while, but I'm sure Trump was in between board meetings or not board meetings, but office meetings and maybe in the Oval Office. And someone's like, Hey, you remember that money we promised Ukraine? He's like, well, was it? He's like, well, it kind of has to do with, with Joe Biden and Rudy Giuliani over there is is asking questions. You should, that, prob- uh, you should probably ask for us, man. I should probably give them a call. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, I don't think that Trump is constantly. He has a lot of other things to worry about. Then is he the scheming? Ukraine. Is he scheming? Well, that's what the Democrats claim, right? So if if we so let's find let's say there's the best interpretation. Trump just brings up Joe Biden's name, talks to the president about it. The president's like, whatever, not going to investigate. I think there's a even worse interpretation of this is, okay, that doesn't mean that Trump didn't imply, or that well, secretly so, well, Trump course. wasn't. Well, that's that's yeah. how you can spin it, right? right? Like even if it's like completely separate parts of the phone call, the fact that it was a part of the same interaction, the fact that he did withhold the money after doing the phone call, you can reach that conclusion. I feel like I'm trying to think of an instance where the phone call goes away where you don't where you can't infer that but i feel like anybody that's trying to spin this against trump as long as he mentions joe biden and the aid money in the same phone call and then as he did consequently hold the money for a week i think you can spin it you could spin it but is it a crime so it's difficult right because if there's other if there's other reasons if there are other reasons like keeping it because he wants the europeans to Pay well, there their are fair other share. reasons, but the other reasons don't matter if you can pin it as if you can if you can get whoever is saying this is criminal or not criminal to decide whether it is or not, right? 
It's up to the interpretation of the judge, essentially. Well, that's essentially. see. Hopefully, hopefully it's not right. Hopefully, it's it has to meet the level of of explanatory value, which is this is a crime. It sh- hopefully, it shouldn't be up to the judge. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be wildly up to interpretation. There is you either committed the crime or you didn't commit the crime. Sure. And that's that's how I think our hopefully hopefully this hopefully, is me crossing right? my fingers. Hopefully, I have some doubts sometimes. But that's how our criminal justice system works. That it's not just up to a single person's interpretation. That's why we have juries and all the all that wonderful stuff in which a level of evidence must be met before we can actually convict you of a crime. Yep. And it's not just up to interpretation because that's dangerous, right? Because there could be other reasons well, that, that's what I'm that saying. Like, yeah. it just it depends on how the law is written, how the law is interpreted, and you know whether the person you know, basically performing as, as we're going to talk about the impeachment inquiry, like whether they can spin it a certain way to make it look like it's criminal. Right. So jumping right into that today, speaker of the house, Nancy Pelosi has made the announcement today to formally start the impeachment inquiry. Oh no. I mean, so I wasn't shocked. I, well, they've been planning it for a long time. Yeah. I am a hundred percent not shocked. They've been doing this. They've been talking about this ever since Russia. It's been in the works, yeah. It's always they've always been ready. They're just kind of waiting there, ready with their pitchforks uh, to, to bust nice. down the doors uh, and storm the Oval Office. So, hundred percent, not surprised. Hundred percent, actually, not that concerned at the moment. At the moment, I'm not that concerned at all. So, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi comes out and says, "Last Tuesday, we observed the anniversary." of the adoption of the Constitution on September 17th. Sadly, on that day, the intelligence community inspector general formally notified the Congress that the administration was forbidden from him from turning over a whistleblower complaint on Constitution Day. This is a violation of the law. I I don't think that that's a violation of the law. I think you don't like it. I don't think that that's a violation of the law. Sure. And so she'll, she'll get into that a little bit. A little bit further down. So shortly, she says, shortly after press reports began to break of a phone call by the president of the United States calling upon a foreign power to intervene in his election. This is a breach of constitutional responsibilities. That's true, right? Can't. Well, actually, there has to be a bribe. So that's actually not a breach of constitutional responsibilities. I'm not entirely even sure what constitutional responsibilities mean. Back on to the quote. The facts are these. The Intelligence Community Inspector General, who was appointed by Donald Trump, or President Trump, determined that the complaint is both of urgent concern and credible, and, is, and its disclosure, he went to say, relates to one of the most significant and important of the Director of National Intelligence Responsibility of the American people. On Thursday, the Inspector General testified before the House Intelligence Committee, stating that the Acting Director of National Intelligence fought him from disclosing the whistleblower complaint. This is a violation of the law. This law is unequivocal. The DNI staff and DNI Director of National Intelligence shall provide Congress with a full whistleblower complaint. I'm not sure of the law, how this works. At the moment, I don't think that they can just demand it. Yeah, well, I mean, mean, it's it's basically separation of power, right? Yeah, I don't think they can just demand whatever they want. Yeah, and I mean, I think it is up to, you know, the the essentially, yeah, the director of national intelligence, DNI, and like that department, whether or not they're going to be giving away this information. And we'll find out because she says they deem it, you know, that important. Yeah, if they whether they deem it like this is a serious thing that we should, you know, reveal. So or it's just not a serious thing and they reveal it anyway because it's actually not that serious. Sure. So it could be sure. one of two ways. So we'll find out Thursday because she says the DNI will appear before the House Intelligence Committee, which should hopefully be will hopefully pretty be pretty interesting. And she closes, but the president must be held accountable. No one is above the law. And we can tell that about 180 Democrats have signed on to impeach, quote unquote, the president over this. As expected. As, as expected. And we're starting to see that there are also some moderates that are jumping on. Which means that it's it's serious. Like let's it's yeah. not just it's not just it's not the straight the strict out, right? progressives. Um, so to kind of understand, just to go into a quick little background before we wrap up this little segment, to understand the impeachment inquiry. So essentially, what happens is I'm not sure. Again, a lot of this, I, a lot of this, I need to like really dive into the law. Uh, to be perfectly honest, within the Within the hour and a half of me like getting home from work, I didn't really want to d- 
dive into constitutional law, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a heavy so, topic. I believe this is. I believe that in order to have an impeachment, it first goes through the House Judiciary Committee. They determine the accusations and whether or not those accusations are strong enough to pass on to the House. The House then votes on the accusations, and that is when the president is impeached. When we say impeached, we don't mean kicked out of office, right? I think yeah, this is what happened. It, there's to, a difference. This is what happened to Clinton. With Clinton, yeah. So when we say impeached, it's like you're it's like you're in a criminal case and you're accused essentially, or you're indicted. So, or you, yeah, not convicted. So then it goes to the Senate and they determine they have the trial, they hold the trial, and they determine whether or not you're found guilty, and mm-hmm. that is when you can be kicked out of office. So you can be impeached. And not leave office. Yeah, there's another step to it. Right. So it seems, so if everything went through, Democrats, let's say it went through the House Judiciary Committee, it went through the House, because it seems the Democrats have a hold on the House, it would not go through the Senate at the moment. There's just no way. Sure. There's, the Republicans hold a pretty firm grip of the Senate, and barring some bombshell, there's not enough evidence here to get it through the Senate. There's, there's just not. Yeah. No, Nor do I, I, I think, think it should be. I mean, th- there just isn't. And if and if this was a Democrat, if this was happening to a Democrat, I'd hopefully I can't predict what future Nate would say, but hopefully I would say, right, there is not enough evidence. You can't just be impeaching people willy nilly because of supposed yeah, accusations. Because you, you do need hard evidence. Because there's no hard evidence that's been completed. You're deciding to impeach. And you don't even have all the facts, right? The phone call hasn't even come out. The whistleblower hasn't – you haven't even yeah. determined if they, you can interview the whistleblower. They don't have all the facts yet, and they're already ready to go. And you're, and you're talking to the um, director of national intelligence. And before all that, then you decide you're going to go into an impeachment inquiry. Like, wh- wh- where else does that – I mean – It, it I, just seems – it's confusing almost. I think I – think, I mean, of course, I don't really know exactly why they did it the way they did it. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the House of Representatives, so yeah, I can't exactly. tell. I'm not Nancy Pelosi, but that'd be fun. That'd be fun to be in the House there sometimes. <laughs> sure, it'd be a little fun. Yeah, it'd be stressful, but it'd be fun. Super fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I said, like I, I'm not in their shoes. I don't really know exactly why they did it, but a possibility I could say is public image. Um, because while this is such a hot take, you put up the impeachment now before the story gets fulfilled so that Trump looks like in a very bad spot. Right. right. And I was, yeah, I was going like to in the, in the public yeah. image, people are going to look at that and be like, Whoa, they actually think he messed up enough to be impeached. Like that's, that looks ugly. Right. right? And even if, even if the Senate doesn't fully remove him from offense, I still think him getting impeached basically means he doesn't really have much of a chance in the next election. See, I would, I would have to, I would disagree with you. I think this is a huge gamble, because if this, if it goes through now and no new evidence comes out, if it goes through strictly now, oh yeah, it looks bad. If no new evidence comes out and they, it looks like Russia, they, it looks like the Russia investigation all over again. Yeah, no, they're if they double down again, like they're essentially doubling down yep. on the Russia investigation, and if nothing comes out again, that looks terrible for the Democrats. Oh right? yeah, and this could really hurt them. In an election cycle, and well, that's I think why, it goes either way. Yeah, it could. It really could, right? So, right. So we don't know. We don't know what new evidence will come out. So just, just strictly right now, if I think it's a huge mistake for Democrats to move forward with impeachment just based off of the evidence right now. Yeah. That's not to say new evidence won't come forward, and maybe there will be a smoking gun. And if it turns out that Trump actually did this, I'll jump on the impeachment bandwagon too. I, I'll jump on it. It's no like, fair. If he did something criminal, he then he should be impeached. He should That's be fine. Impeached, yeah. yeah, anyone should. So right now, this is a huge gamble. And that's why I think Pelosi has been super hesitant to call for impeachment during the entire Russian the Russian investigation. Because she knew that. Because she it's knows a risk, yeah. If she knows if she loses on these grounds, Trump is gonna beat that drum till it's dry. Yeah. I mean, really. No. I mean, he's going to get up on stage every single time and say the Democrats are so terrible that they kept trying to impeach me on accusations that weren't even substantiated, and they failed every they single failed time. Every look single how strong. Well, right. he'd be like, "Look how strong I am. Look sure. how amazing I am. No, it's a, look it's how a terrible great, and it's bad a great motivated for him to oh, brag it is. on. Right? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. So, 
I think at the moment it's a huge mistake to go for impeachment. And it's also at the moment a huge mistake to be publicizing this because this really hurts Joe Biden. Because Trump has this is this is like we're kind of used to this. We just we went That's through true. I think we, we went through tr- we went through um the Russia, we went through the grabber by the you know where, we went through the Stormy Daniels paying off Stormy Daniels. We went through all these things. This is the first time that a real scandal's been brought up to the public for Joe Biden, who's basically formed his entire campaign around I am the safe choice. I'm the I'm good old Joe Biden, you know me. I am a safe choice to defeat Donald Trump. This this his dealings with a potential potential, who knows, a, a suspicious kind of cover up with the Ukrainians, this could really hurt him. I think this yeah. could No, you're right. This could and I think this is one of the reasons Trump decided to release a phone call, because he wants to put it in Joe Biden's court. And be like, Yeah, I talked about you. There's a reason I talked about you. It's because you did some really suspicious act- activity. And if if the news cycle, if no new evidence comes out and the news cycle doesn't switch hard to impeaching Donald Trump on new evidence and substantiated evidence, this might be the downfall of Joe Biden. I mean, it really might. You might. It You're really, because right. it's it, there. It would look terrible. Oh, yeah. it would look awful because it's an easy attacking point, man. you got to wonder that Harris, all the um, Sanders, um, Booker are must be ecstatic that one there's an impeachment opening up against Donald Trump and two it makes Joe Biden look bad mm-hmm. because he could he could slog off some points and they could go to other candidates yeah of and course. that's what they've kind of been hoping for they've been kind of hoping that they can stick around long enough that someone finally lands a knockout blow to Joe Biden or that Warren and Sanders go after each other and points get dropped down to the other B list or C-list candidates. That's why I think a lot of them have actually been staying in the race, and this might be that moment. Yeah. So it'll be really fascinating. It'll be really fascinating to follow. And I've got to believe that Elizabeth Warren is just ecstatic right now. I mean, she's got to be feeling feeling great. Yeah. She's got to be super happy about this. And I, I I think it's a huge mistake to be publicizing this right now because I think the Democrats' safest bet to beat Donald Trump is to put Biden up there. So if Biden gets knocked off because of this true. and Warren Warren gets the nomination, you know what? I'm fine with that. I will take a Warren versus Trump any day. Any day Over of the like year. like a Biden versus oh, Trump, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah I, might, I would be a little concerned with Biden versus Trump. I, think, I would I not be concerned. I think the chances are a lot better with, oh, yeah. with Warren, for sure. Oh, yeah. So it'll be, this, will be fun to, this will be fun to watch, and I'm excited. I'm yeah. pretty excited to watch it's, this it's, one. It's going to be really interesting to see what evidence exactly comes out how the whole impeachment process goes if it goes anywhere if it goes anywhere if there's any evidence and if there is oh oh crap oh crap like that's bad yeah. for trump yeah right? it could be really terrible yeah so it'll be really interesting to see how it all plays out and yeah i mean i'm sure we'll see it all in the news for the next couple of weeks yeah anyway. and i think if you're a, if you're a trump supporter i wouldn't get i wouldn't get too concerned at the moment to be perfectly honest with you I don't think you'd get too concerned. Eh, you don't know. You could. You could. Who you knows? Never know. You know. Who knows? But I think plot twist. It could. I just think it's a really hard case to prove, especially you need the Ukrainians to say Trump did this. Trump brought. Oh, Trump yeah, attempted. No, you need you them get, to say if it. If you could get the Ukrainian president to say something about yes, it. Yes, and I don't think Woo. he's. I don't think he's going to. Because he well, one he depends loves on it. who he likes more. One he loves America, and he hates. Well, he hates the Russians. So anyone <laughs> to get. True. Let's let's be honest. I mean. He wants really warm relations with the Americans because the Russians. Yep. And Trump's been giving him those warm relationships. So let's not pretend that there isn't That's a, very a little point. something in it for the Ukrainian president. Yeah. So, But, yes, you need, you need the Ukrainian president to come out and say, yeah, he tried to bribe us, yep. essentially. You, that's what you need. And that would be, that would be damning. And I'll, hump on the, I'll almost hop on the impeachment train at that level. Oh, but sure. I don't. I yeah. don't think you're going to get anything out if of that. If evidence comes out, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah. So, uh, moving on from that, a little bit of a change of pace. We're going to go back to another another fun talking point we brought up last time: climate change. It's just been a throwback to the past episode at this point. I know. Maybe yeah. We're just we're 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 keeping it consistent. Yeah. I, I like it. Um, so this is this is a a poll that just recently came out, uh, a Ross Musin poll. Um, 29% of all voters believe that it is at least somewhat likely that the earth will become uninhabitable and humanity will be wiped out in the next 10 to 15 years. 
and the other 71% disagree and find it unlikely. Yeah, I'm in that 71%. Yes. So you know who you are. <laughs> you, you know think, who you are. Do you think the world's ending in the next 10 to 15 years? Do you not? Most people don't, apparently. Uh, these totals include 10% who consider it very likely and 37% who say not at all likely. So even even on the extremes, a lot more people don't God, think anything bad's going to happen. 37% think not at all. I would have expected that to be higher. Yeah. To well, be I, honest. I, I would put myself in not the not at all likely. I, I would To get wiped out in 10 to 15 years? I don't want to put all my chips in one corner, you know? Wow. So all I'm right. Like, Playing it safe. I'm going to be the somewhat unlikely, you know? Okay. So it's like it's, like, it's unlikely, but... <laughs> but, maybe but but i could see billions I, of people dying yeah I don't know. all right man all right um so an uh interesting thing about this poll is there's a dramatic difference by age on this question so half about 51 percent of voters under 35 believe it is at least somewhat likely and hum- that humanity will be wiped out and only 12 percent of senior citizens agree with four percent of those senior citizens believing it is very unlikely god what are we so it's a huge, it's a huge generational 51% difference. Fifty-one percent of voters under thirty-five believe it's somewhat. Hey, that, that Gen Z millennials, like, oh guys. Oh my god! All, all us youngins over here <sighs> this are is... uh, super pessimistic. <laughs> oh my god! Like, why? <laughs> world, I think, and this is interesting. Is like, I, I think it's important to point out that this poll is not asking about, oh, you know, will. Will you know climate affect our right. living conditions? Will right. climate affect our food sor- sources? Like that kind of stuff, it probably will. No, this poll is asking about: Do you think the world's going to end? Are we all going to die in ten to fifteen years? Yes. Which is just what? All right. This this is the same thing that I talked about in the last podcast. There's three levels of understanding climate change. You don't know anything, and you're just like, well, I don't have to worry about it. You know a little bit, and you're just like, oh, we're all gonna die. And you know a lot, and you're just like, well, we're not actually all going to die. But it turns out that a lot of the things that we've been complaining about, like there's some real consequences to our actions. Maybe there's ways to mitigate it, but we're not entirely sure. I, t- I don't want to brag. I tend to be in like the third, the third point. Oh, the problem is, smart guy. The problem is, I feel like so many people. Well, right, because you just turn on the TV and you see prominent politicians, politicians, not just scientists. Politicians who we've elected to be in office, who we have probably a, a more stronger bond with than just a regular scientist, come out and say, like AOC, come out and say, oh, well, in the next 10 years, we're not even going to be here. 12 years, we're not even going to be here. Like, why even? Yeah. Why uh, even I, take out a mortgage, man? Very, I mean, very dire. Yeah, so that's. What? Do you. That, <laughs> that defeatist attitude is sweeping the nation. I mean, right? God, I shouldn't care about anything at this point. Exactly. Why have kids? Dude, spe- I'm not even going to get married. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of, um, so Market Watch gave a little gave a little biopic story. Uh, this woman, Lori Rodriguez, is a 27-year-old communications professional in New York City, and she's not saving for retirement, and this isn't necessarily because she can't afford to. It's because she doesn't expect it to matter. Yeah. Oh my God. That's. Uh, I mean, maybe they're being realists. Oh but come on. <laughs> I think it's more pessimism than I, anything. Oh. Uh, so just to dive in a little bit more, like many people her age, Rodriguez believes climate change will have catastrophic effects on our planet. Some 88% of millennials, a higher percentage than any other age group, accept that climate change is happening. And 69% say it will impact them in their lifetimes. So this is another statistic that's different from the poll we just talked about. Because this is just asking about, you know, does climate change exist? And will it affect, you know, our, our environment, right? Which yeah, I'd probably I, say, I, I say it will. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I would say, I would say it's real. I'd, to a, I'd be to a degree, to a degree, sea levels will continue to rise, most likely. Um and there will probably be differences in living conditions and such. Yeah, I would need the the definition of impact them in their lifetime. Like our food prices yeah, going to so, go up. Like sure. Yeah. So there I will be that's... there will be impacts, right? Yeah. Like some people um, are going to get displaced on the coast. Like probably. Yeah. But the sad part is, is like you said, you know, there's this constant barrage of spokespeople, the news, just about everything, saying like, oh, climate change is not only real, but it's like it's a crisis, it's right? It's the climate apocalyptic, crisis. Apocalyptic, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, makes people that listen to the news and people that are, you know, just a part of our society, uh, question the future. Right. And I actually think that 
there's bad motivation behind this. I think that a lot of politicians and people pushing climate change, it's not about the climate change. I think a lot of these people don't actually believe what they're saying. I really don't think that AOC believes that we're all going to die in 10 years. I don't yeah. know. She And, I, you know, I can you see hope. that. Right. You can hope. You can hope. I think – well, I'll say it most. I'll say most of these people that push this, I don't think believe in it. Sure. And you can see why they're doing it, like, in the Green New Deal, which pushes not only saving the environment, but radical economic changes – to mm-hmm. an almost heavy socialist, if not communist society. I mean, yeah, pushes... It's dangerous, right? If you have a report about climate change and you want to mitigate the effects of climate change, why in the report do you have some something that you want to put into law which says that it guarantees a job to everyone that wants to work and doesn't want to work? What does that have to do with climate change? And that's why I'm like... there. I mean, you, is you there to, is, are there other motives? You you do you have a point. So I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and say it's not you know ulterior motives that's pushing people to start talking about climate change. But I think yes, you could spin it to such a degree where it becomes so dire that we have to make a difference in our society that the government is given the ability to start putting a lot more regulation and control on society and that's where you get a lot of you get bernie sanders and a lot of his supporters getting up there and saying that capitalism is the issue and we need socialism to fix it yeah and i'm just like oh you you don't you do not understand i i don't think they understand actually the implications of what they're saying it's it's very much it's very much looking at the problem you see the problem there's the problem i want to fix the problem but you don't look in depthly into the solutions. And like the implications, right? Yeah, we talk uh, about that a lot on the green. Yeah, we we've we've definitely dived into it a lot. And, yeah, we have. Uh, I mean, the Green New Deal is very unrealistic. Oh my god. Um, the honestly, just the sheer cost of it. It's amazing. It's insane. It's amazing how we could create a plan that would spend that much amount of money. I know. That um, would just completely annihilate the world economy. Yep. If we. But that's that's the thing. Oh. They're gonna. I mean, spin it or not. You know, this is the way to save the climate. Yeah, we know? all stop. You know, whatever. Screw recycling. Screw uh, cutting back on you know food usage. Whatever. Yeah, no more meat. Remember, can't eat meat. I mean, I guess that's part of it. Yeah, yeah can't eat meat. But yeah, no. Uh, taking it to the extreme is no air conditioning. Not the best move. Yeah, no air conditioning. So get ready for that one. Get rid of no air conditioning. Yeah. I mean, none of this will happen. Right. Thank God. Yeah. Let's let's we, say a, like a nice little prayer that none we've, of this. We've hopefully, talked, we've talked about it, and like there's just there's not going to be enough people to back it to make this actually happen. No, we tend to we tend to see the small little very active group that is super passionate about these issues, yep. and they're the loudest. Yeah, but of I I 100 agree that the general American population does not feel so hot about a lot of these issues. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And I mean. At the end of the day, I guess I guess the worst part about it is is because these people are so loud and so vocal about it, it like we talked about with this story, it just kind of affects people on a level where they just kind of give up. Well, it makes them feel like they're everywhere, right? Yeah. Like it, it's because the media like pushes it, it all the time. Exactly. So you feel like everyone thinks yeah. that the world's going to end. Right. So if everyone thinks the world's going to end, Oh God. I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I know like – right. And I know a very limited amount about climate change, which – what I've, I don't know, maybe I watched the CNN climate change town hall, and that was just throwing out problems. So maybe yep. I have a very limited understanding. And it basically, you yeah, you're like, super, yeah, it's going to. Super cynical view. We're all going to die. Like, so Dang, dude. Which, uh, I mean, is kind of sad, but also kind of funny because people are like, I don't need to save up for retirement. Like yeah. you said, I don't need to have kids. I don't oh need to get my. married. Yeah, right. Why have I'm kids? I'm just going to stop my life. Why? Why should we have kids? We shouldn't. Right. I mean, they're I mean, obviously you see, you see what happens, right? Yeah. You know, you bring them into this world then they go up to the UN and cry. <laughs> no, or or you know, God forbid you bring them into the world and they start eating meat. <laughs> that would just be the worst. That that is also the worst. And there But dude, yeah, future plans not even about it. Like, no, not even not ev- even. PSA, everyone take all the money you have out of your <laughs> savings, out of any equity you have, sell everything. Yeah. And then spend it all before it's too late. 
That's yeah. Buy as many Xboxes and PlayStation as you, you can. Why do you multiple Xboxes? So you can play multiple video games at the same uh, but time. But you only what have kind of two hands. You only have two hands. So? What do you mean so? I don't know. Yeah. What do you? Two hands, two Xboxes, bro. And then you can have the little. Um, oh yeah, you get like goggles Oculus, or something. One of the Oculus. Yeah, the Oculus you can play Rift. VR yeah, while playing. So that, there's another game system right there. Oh, that's amazing. Buy a ton of materialistic stuff before it's too late. Because, you know, when the world ends in 10 years and we're all underwater, you're going to be like, man, I wish I could still play Borderlands. Right <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Darn, if only, if only I had listened. But, yeah, don't, don't plan for the future, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. That would absolutely be ridiculous. Every, everyone should just give up. Yeah, I mean, it's not like planning for the future actually causes people to become more wealthy. I mean, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> don't even worry. No, but that's the problem. That's the problem, right? That's, that's the problem. That's the yeah. problem. Disgusting. That's ugh. wealth. Ugh. Gross. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> American dream? Nah. Uh, no, not a thing. Shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> Should not be a, be a thing. Should that's not right. be a thing. So moving on from that into our story about how six-year-olds are just the worst, which I happen to agree. They're the worst. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all agree. Some, some some are adorable. Now, I'm not going to say that when I have my own kids, That right? does not – yeah. I think when you have your own kids and – or if you, you know, know a little six-year-old that you're, like, family with or something like that or, like, is actually a decent human being already, it's cute. But most six-year-olds are a pain in the butt. Yeah, so when I'll have my own, my own kid, I'll just be like, yeah, six-year-olds are the worst, but little Jimmy over here, no, he's not bad he's at not all. He's not bad at all. He's, <laughs> he's the best. He's perfect just the way he is. <laughs> nice. He, he takes after his father. There he's you go. He's a strong, tall, and – can squat 400 pounds. Nice. So I'll be happy when Jimmy can squat 400 pounds. <laughs> so a reserve officer with the Orlando Police Department was terminated Monday after he arrested two six-year-old children last week. Wow. Hey, put, hey the put, police are doing good work, man. Um, you know, they're putting they're putting people behind bars. I've, does, Justice is served. Did he handcuff them? Like, do the handcuffs go down that far? I hope not. I hope not, too. I don't, I don't like the picture... You know, six-year-olds getting arrested and handcuffed and thrown into a cop car. So six-year-olds, one boy, one girl, faced misdemeanor battery charges but will not be prosecuted. Wow. The state attorney who serves Orange County, Florida, said, of course this is Florida, said in a news <laughs> conference on Monday, battery charges. Were they, like, just m- maliciously beating each other? I- well, actually, I don't – They it was separate incidents, so – Oh, okay. I it think was it was separate. separate incidents. I don't think they were fighting each other. But it makes it it almost makes it seem that there was like a fight club started. <laughs> a fight and club. I don't know, one of them had grabbed the little xylophone and, and the boom. other the other grabbed and picked up the little uh car thing, the orange you know the the orange and yellow um car that oh, like like comes little, up to your kneecap yeah like the little electric car right yeah someone just picked that up and they were just about to <laughs> throw hands and the officer came in tased one of them pepper sprayed the other <laughs> oh my god a couple of the other kids were like hands up don't shoot <laughs> oh, dude <laughs> so that that's the picture oh, that's what i oh, that's god. what i picture so the state attorney's office never intended to prosecute the children because why would you but could not dismiss the girls' charges until Monday. And the boys' charges will be dismissed once his case number is assigned, she added. I refuse, and this is the um, state prosecutor, I refuse to knowingly play any role in the school-to-prison pipeline at any age. These very young children are to be protected, nurtured, and disciplined in a matter that does not rely on the criminal justice system to do it. Yeah, totally agree. Fair. Yeah. yeah it's, the discipline should start at the home. To, to be honest, yeah. you shouldn't get. All right, first off, you shouldn't get arrested. You shouldn't be arresting six-year-olds. All right, you well, shouldn't was, be doing that. I was that. about to say, is it is that even possible? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I didn't even realize. I thought there would be like some rule in place, and it's like, hey, uh, you can't do that. So apparently, you have to get permission. The officer who did not get permission actually has to call a supervisor and get permission to arrest. I think anybody under the age of like twelve. Okay. Something that like makes that. sense. But yeah, you can arrest. You can you can arrest really young children because sometimes little kids can be evil, man. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kids that like killed some people. Okay, fair enough. I mean, let's be honest right now. Yeah. And I'm not just gonna be like, ah, you know, you just killed that dude, but you're six, so like. Yeah. Eh, but you're six, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine now. You go can, by, go about your merry way. Yeah, go about your merry. Have a good day, sir. <laughs> Have a good day. It's, All right, fair enough. Chief Rowland said, I was sick to my stomach when I heard this. We cannot fathom the idea of a six-year-old being put in the back of a police car. Do they? Do they like? 
grab the six-year-old's oh, head, like, duck it under. Oh, like, the head into the car like they do. They do it all the movies and stuff. Oh, my God. That's hard to think. I don't like thinking about that. Walter Gillum, a professor of child psychology and psychiatry at the Yale University Child Studies Center, said the idea of arresting any six-year-old was ludicrous. In this case, someone made, and he says in our quote, in this case, somebody made the decision to contact the officer instead of a guidance counselor, social worker, or school psychologist. Mr. Gillum said the children were seen as an offense instead of clearly needing support. And I think that's very true. Like, the discipline... For children, yes. I, but I do think... So I worked at a summer camp. And I'm not going to say which summer camp. I'm not going to say where. But I worked at a summer camp. What was that? Senior summer. Senior year summer. Right? Or junior year summer. No, senior senior year summer. Before senior year. And we had some real issues that the only discipline these kids would face is or were at the camp or at school which is like a huge issue because i should not be the one to discipline your child and teachers should also not be the ones to discipline your child they can do a little bit but the discipline should 100 percent start at the home sure i think that's a huge issue i think well, a that's lot an of expectation parents, you have to put on parents right? oh yeah you have to definitely uh, but you can't expect that of all parents you're either. right you're right they're always going to be the ones that aren't able to or just don't take in much of an interest i think is actually a huge issue when we talk a lot about more impoverished cultures because they'll tend to raise their children like they were raised and Fair. that can be an issue sometimes. Well, I mean, I, I think, I mean, a neglect can be found neglect, everywhere, yeah. right? right? Neglect exactly. can be found in wealthy families too, especially in wealthy families. Oh, especially, families. yeah. Uh, we had, yeah. <laughs> oh, do I have stories to tell you? <laughs> oh my God. About all the wealthy kids that went to your summer camp, right? Oh my God. So I, I do, I don't think it's, I don't think it tends to be anywhere. I think it, regardless of who you are, you can be a bad parent, right? And like some parents aren't, you know, can't meet the expectation of being able to discipline their child or give their child enough attention to know when, you know, behavior needs to be changed. Yeah, and I, I could go into a lot of other stuff, but I won't, I won't go into too much of that. Yeah, I'm not going to go into too much of that. But just to wrap things up, the Emmys were on. I believe they were on, were they on last night? I think they were on last night. I don't know. I, I didn't even know on. the Emmys happened. Yeah, not a lot of people do, and this yeah. is why we're talking about it. Because I don't ever talk about the Emmys, but there's a reason why. So according to USA Today, the 71st Primetime Emmys Awards handed out 27 trophies on Sunday night. So this is Sunday night. And another dose of bad news. Fox broadcast notched over 6.9 million viewers, easily another record low turnout. The audience was 33% below last year's record low of 10.2 million. So Jeez. 4 million in a year. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Of that is that a lot. Show up for round two. Oh, that was on NBC, which aired the awards on Monday night. Um, and it says, and going back to a bygone era, Sunday's viewership was one third the size of the show's modern day high of. So it used to be twenty one point eight million in two thousand. Dang. And it's now so at it, six point nine. It dropped off fast in two decades. Wow. And it's, I mean, it it goes to show. So this year's Emmys had no host. There was no host. Okay. Which is that's, that's just uh, terrible for promotion, right? But you see why, right? I mean, we just had that. And this is why I want to talk about this cancel culture, right? We just had that ordeal with Kevin Hart. You remember that? Oh yeah. And so nobody wants to, nobody wants to get up there, and well, one have to watch what they say because you well, know that that's come yeah. Up. They get up there and be ridiculed, right? Well, it's not only be ridiculed. Even before they've gotten up there. People have already dug into their past to see no, if no, they are no. fit. That, that's what I mean. That's yeah, what yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to even see if they're – If they're a pure soul that's never done anything or right. wrong or any made any mistake ever made in Any life, mistake right? ever. But not any mistake ever. Any mistake that has cut against the woke culture. That's the mistakes the they're looking for. Culture. <laughs> if they're If they're making – if they're making just – as, as long as it has to cut against the narrative, right? It has to cut sure, against that sure. entire narrative, yeah. which happened with Kevin Hart when he made those kind of homophobic remarks, and then was like, "Yeah, that was, that was a long time ago. Like I regret saying it, and those don't reflect the current values that I hold today." And they were like, "No, you're still, you're still a terrible yeah. person." See, that's that, that's what I don't get. Of course, you know, I'd still think making homophobic comments is a bad thing. <laughs> Um, and you should be, frowned yeah, I agree. Upon, you should be frowned upon for doing it. Right. Yeah. But in his case where he publicly apologizes, publicly like admits that 
you know, those were stakes, mistakes he made in his past. He has grown up since then. Because, spoiler alert, adults can grow up. You can change your opinions. Whoa. I who, know I have. Yeah, who, who knew that uh, adults change? Weird. They're not the same people they were 20 <laughs> years ago. Um, but, yeah, like it's the whole problem of like even when people admit their mistakes and they apologize for them and say you know they moved on as a person, it's still unacceptable and you're still a terrible person. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And if you don't bow down to that culture, then you're screwed. Uh, we it's, see just, it. it's just forgiveness is much less yeah. important now, right, yeah. which well, is terrible. Well, we see it with uh, – have you been following the Justin uh, Trudeau stuff where I he – there's been. So there's pictures. So Justin Trudeau, the <coughs> – the head of Can- Canada, basically the one of the left sweethearts, he's pushed. I mean, he has jumped hard on the PC bandwagon. It's come out that he wore blackface twice oh, in yep. his okay, youth. Okay, I have heard of this. Which yes. is really interesting because I'm interested to see what happens because he's come out and apologized. But if we're judging this by Kevin Hart's standards or anybody else on the conservative side – he, he should be canceled. He, sh- he should be thrown, and thrown out. guess what? He's not being canceled. He's still there. He's yeah, apologized, but he's not going anywhere. He, he apologized, and he's a, he's a new man now. He's super new and PC and cool. Yeah, because he agrees with a certain culture and a certain narrative. That is why he is allowed to stay. If you don't agree with that, you're done. It's over. Sure. And that's why, A, nobody wants to go in and watch the Emmys. That's probably a big thing. We also just don't want to – I don't want to watch just this self-aggrandizing behavior by celebrities. And also, I think well, we talked about this a while ago. a lot of those awards Yeah, shows, I don't so. like them at all. I don't like watching them. Oh, it's just the industry slapping themselves on the back and being like, hey, good job. And then they just make up whatever works. This is why I think Keanu Reeves has actually gained in like a ton of popularity because he has embodied the old like 1950s, 60s actor in which you go to a movie, you see them act, and they're great actors. You have a, you enjoy their movies, but you don't know anything about their personal lives, and that's how you like it. Like they act, that's great. Sure. Don't really care about what they do. Just removing the celebrity, right? Yeah, like name something about Keanu Reeves' personal life. He's handsome. That I like that one. That's good. That's good. That's, like, about, that's all I got, man. He's a, he's a handsome dude, but like that's why I think he's really gained popularity. Because of that. Well, nobody can get mad at you if, you, if they don't know anything about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how I like it. Like, I want to go to a movie. I want to see a good movie. I want to see. And I think one of the big problems is they always pick movies at these shows that no one's ever heard of. So, at last night's Emmys, two of the ones that swept were Game of Thrones, obviously. Sure. And Fleabag. I don't know what that is. Yeah, one. I don't know what that is either. But if it was made by prominent people that are super artistic, it should, it should count, bro. Oh, no. I don't know. If but that's, how, that the, that's how the industry does that's it. That's essentially know? how it works. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that these award shows are losing a lot of viewers. I'm yeah. not surprised. Well, I mean, TV is declining. And then, of course, yeah, award shows. Uh, people have been, you know, just tearing apart award shows for, I feel like, forever. Yeah. Well, like, they used to be popular, right? So 2000, 21, mi- 21 yeah, million. I don't know. Something's changed. May- maybe everyone's jaded now. That's the way I see it because I feel like I've just for the at least from what I can remember over the past several years, I, uh, maybe not much with like the Emmys or the Oscars or anything like that, but especially with the Grammys because I'm I'm I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm big a big music, music guy, right. um, and so I like, you know, I watch a lot of stuff about music and like people that talk about the music industry and critics and stuff like that, and they all hate the Grammys because it's basically just, you know, it's it's just you know the industry like just awarding itself basically right and the whole concept of like entertainment um being fed by money and people that don't have money or trying to get into the industry never really get a chance and it's like you know everyone has like that jaded attitude now right i mean i used to i used to watch the emmys with my parents like back in like high school when it came on i'd stay up like a little bit later and we'd watch it and i always liked watching it to one to see like the movie stars and everything, I kind of liked that kind of stuff. I didn't know anything about these people, but I saw them in movies, Fair. so that was cool. I liked I liked seeing what they wore. I thought that was a big thing. I think what changed was there's been a switch in which these movie stars and celebrities now feel the need to talk down to me. Like suddenly, I don't know enough about cultural issues, or I don't know enough like Leonardo DiCaprio trying to talk down to me about the Amazon. 
and all this other stuff. Now they've become quasi politicians that never got elected. And I don't. I'm not interested Fair. in that. A lot of I'm them. Really not. Do have a political skew, right? I wanna. I wanna watch the Emmys. I wanna one. I wanna see shows that I've seen before. All right, that's a big one. And uh, that, that's always been a thing. Yeah. But that's now it's just like they'll just come up with shows that you've never even heard of, and it gets all these awards. Like, great, I guess. Great. Like, I can't Thanks, relate guys. to any of this. I wanted to see. I wanted to see. But I, yeah, if you're trying to get viewership, yeah, you I want, wanted to see you Steve have people up Steve Carell up there know. and Steve Martin and Ricky Gervais. Whenever Ricky Gervais was on, he was hilarious because he didn't give a crap. He was on the Oscars a lot. Um, I used to watch that too, but now I don't. I have no interest. Because now I always feel like it's that's true. I mean, it's it's switched from them like having just an award show, or the perception is switched. It might have always been the same thing. Them having an award show to celebrate movies that I've actually seen, and I want to see these actors and how they interact with just regular people. To hey, we're awesome. Also, by the way, listen to all our political views because I I don't want to see that honestly. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would. I wouldn't agree with the fact that it's just now becoming sort of like a, um, like you said, like them basically patting themselves on the back. I keep using that expression. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say it's it's just starting to be like that, but I would say that it has gotten a lot more political. Yeah, right? I, agree. I think entertainment and politics are very closely tied now. Yeah, and I'm sure that does hurt. Um, that does hurt ratings. Oh, 100% does, because um, we can see it when we see ESPN, right? When ESPN tries true. to become, they hit record low ratings the past couple of years because they try and become like political commentators. And it turns out that people, when they go on to ESPN, want to see sports. <laughs> they don't like, want to look, look up about politics, no, right? No, they don't. And that's true. I guess it doesn't make a lot of sense if you know, you're watching these award shows for solely the entertainment purpose. Right. And you want to separate entertainment from politics but you can't yeah but you especially can't. in today's society. i mean that's happened for yeah. a, a, several years now yeah that's very commonplace now so so all right we're just wrapping everything up uh you got any sponsors for us today parker oh man we haven't done sponsors yeah in we a while. haven't we haven't i forgot to do them sunday i know oh man now now that you put me on the spot all right well i'll go first how about that okay uh my sponsors for the week are just bagels yeah i've been waking that's up at, i've been waking up at 5 30 getting out of the house early so that i can go to the um, bagel place in um, Weddington, and I'll eat a bagel before I go to work, and that makes me feel better. Oh, okay. So you're talking about, like, not homemade bagels. We're talking, like, drop drop five bucks bagel. Dude, I'm not going to rise my own bread for a bagel. What do you mean homemade bagel? Well, I mean, okay, not homemade, but, like, you just buy bagels, and you toast them, and then you put butter on them. It's also, like, $2, so oh okay. these aren't New York City bagels. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm so, so I'm so sorry that I I assumed that yeah, you paid the water's for different. Your the water's different down here. It's cheap water. <laughs> it's cheap <obviously>. water. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Can't charge as much for that artisan water. There you go. So you you think of anything for us, dude? Honestly, I'm gonna have to be I'm gonna have to be sponsored by DiGiorno's or is it DiGiorno's? Yeah, DiGiorno's? like the frozen pizzas. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm sponsored by the frozen pizzas this week. Really. Yeah, I've had three in the past week. Dude, that's not that can't be very good for your gym routine. It's fine. It's fine. It's extra carbs, man. Extra, you're right. Extra <laughs> the carbs. The more the merrier. The more the merrier on yeah. carbs. I don't I don't know. I'm on like a little frozen pizza cake right now. Is it healthy? No. No. <laughs> as long as you as long as we know. Does it put a smile on my face? Yeah. That's all that matters, man. Yeah, happiness. Hey, the world's ending in ten years, so I'm what just gonna eat care? as much food as I can. I mean, why not? Before it's too late. Before it's too late and there's no more. Because food. when the world ends, I'm gonna be like Oh man, you know I I did not eat enough terrible food for me. That's why you need to eat dessert first. Because if it ends, then at least you ate your last oh, meal. Oh yeah, something. well that's the argument when yeah. people say I I eat too fast. Because if you eat with me, I eat my food you do. like lightning fast. Um, and people like people comment about yeah, you that, do eat pretty and fast. I say, all right, would you want if the world ended right now? Would you want to be halfway through your meal or done with your meal? Yeah, that's true. And it's like, I'd rather be done with my meal if the world ended. So that's why I eat so fast. Yeah, all right. That's a good point. Yeah. So remember to check us out on all of our little media outlets. we got Spotify, iTunes. Leave us a review, 100%. If you got any comments about the show, 100%, leave us those reviews. Leave us that as well. Yeah, keep the feedback coming. We've, we've We've seen a decent amount so far. 
and we appreciate just hearing people talk about our show and getting back to us and letting us know that they're listening like that's it's good feedback and we just love to you know learn and grow as we go yeah so i've been super busy so hopefully i'll be able to get an article out tomorrow uh, in the in between here so super excited about that still waiting to see about youtube and videos we'll get there eventually i don't have to really set time it's a work in progress it's a work in progress but a lot of exciting stuff going on i'm really excited and hopefully uh, we can make it last past two years or we're all going to die. So well, I don't even know what I'm doing this. I yeah. don't even know why I keep talking. I should be out there guzzling Skittles, apparently. That's right. Doing something. Honestly, I could not think of a better thing to do with my time right now. So we will see you, or I will see you, Thursday night at the least. So everybody have a good night. We'll see you then. 